Hi, welcome to the City View Phoenix podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Good morning. How are we doing today? How are we doing today? Okay, okay. Uh, participation is an amazing teacher, so participate with me. Raise your hand if you've ever had something that belongs to you go missing. Okay, okay, most of us, okay. And you, you knew it was missing, why? Because it belongs to you, and it was special, it had value. We've all been there. I was, I was in high school, and, and I was going to Mexico to, to build houses, it was a mission trip. And let me tell you, if God ever nudges you to do something like a mission trip, which in, in a nutshell is taking you from where you're at, crossing some boundaries to show and, and, and share the love of Jesus with other people outside of your comfort zone, if, if God ever nudges you to do that, do that because it changed my life. Life. High school, Mexico mission trip, building houses, it was amazing. The, the problem is, is when I got back from the trip, I realized that two of my very valuable possessions had gone missing. The first one was a special pillow. Yes, I'm in high school. I had this special pillow that I took everywhere with me. Just roll with me. I'm sure you've been there before too. Maybe you weren't in high school though. I had this pillow and it was gone. And I thought, oh my goodness, this this pillow, I take it. And it's that pit in, the, in, in your stomach. You, you, You've had something missing, and it's that thing that you can't replace. You can't just go on to Amazon and buy that same pillow. It doesn't exist. It's that special pillow. It's irreplaceable. And then there was a second thing that was missing. It was this book, a book that my dad gave me, and it, and it was something I was reading. And, of course, it was signed by the author, and so it had a lot of sentimental value to me. And it had gone missing as well, and I couldn't believe it. And, and for months, it just it pained me. It bugged me. It bothered me. And then the church yard sale popped up. And I go to the churchyard sale because I love churchyard sales because it's an adventure. You never know what you're going to get. And, and I'm at the churchyard sale, and I'm searching, and I'm looking for those treasures. And there on the table with some other common pillows that I never would have bought, I found my pillow, my lost pillow. And I was so happy. I rejoiced with the pillow. It was probably a party on the inside because as a high school student, I couldn't, you know, really let go with my emotions of how excited I was to have this pillow in public. But I had this pillow, and a few seconds later, the thought came to me, oh, the book. If my pillow's here. So I raced over to the table with the books, and I flipped through the books, and I quickly found my lost book. It was no longer missing. Who's going to rejoice with me? Anybody? Anybody excited for me? Thank you. All these years later, it's still very exciting to tell that story. And, and I have so much peace knowing that I still have my book, although I do not know where my pillow is. It is missing or it would be with us here today in this room. The point is, we've, we've all had something that belonged to us go missing. We know that feeling. Nobody likes it. Nobody signs up for it. Today, we're, we're talking about who is missing. So we're not talking about pillows and books. We're talking about people. People are missing. What does that mean, and what should that drive us to do? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for being a faithful God, a God that shows up in the nick of time every time to move mountains, to perform miracles. God, I pray that you would show up here in this place. That, God, if there's anybody here in this room that is missing, that that, that would be changed today, and they would be added to your family, and they, they would... They would come to know you today. God, I pray that, that missing people would be found all throughout the valley in churches like CCV and Calvary. And, and God, there's, there's Cross Church and there's here City View. There's people that are missing. And 
you want to do something about that. And God, I pray that you would today. In Jesus' name, we all said amen. Thank you. And my name is Mark. I'm the associate pastor here at City View Church, whatever that means. Associate pastor is kind of a, a catch-all. Um, in, in a nutshell, I have, the, I have the privilege and opportunity to really help people Help people become who, who God has called them to be. That's the third portion of our mission, if you will. And, and, and I love serving here with you and worshiping here with you. And, and I, I just thank you for having me. You know, given, given our guy Jeremiah a similar uh, a Sunday off is a privilege for me. So thank you for, for putting up with me. We're, we're starting a new series today called Who Are We Missing? And what I want you to do is I want you to look, look around. Look to the left. Look to the right. Yes, they're pews. Let's just call them what they are. Look in front of you. There's a pew behind you. And there are people missing. There's people missing that you know, people in your life, people in your family, people, people that we don't know that are, that are missing. And the fact is they're not just missing from, from this room, that they, they were missing from the 9 o'clock service. And they're not just the people that are on vacation this Sunday. They're, they're not the people that are in other churches around the valley. There's about 4 million people in Maricopa County. There are 2,000 churches, 2,000 churches, but there's still so many missing. And, and, and if we think about these people that are missing, these are the ones missing that don't know Jesus. They're outside of the family. That, hence the, the question mark on the picture frame. Those are people who, who, who belong to God but are missing. So we're going to unpack what this, this big idea is, is all about today. And Here's the thing. Some of us are going to do something about it. Some of us are going to grab a card today, just like Jared said. We're going to go and invite somebody. But the, but the truth is, it's going to take more than a few of us to go invite people to church on, on Easter Sunday for us to solve this problem of people missing. Because there's so many missing. There's so much room in this room for more people. There's so much room in God's family. There's so much room in God's heart, if you will, for more people. Because God is never done yet. You cast that? God, God is not done yet. God loves you so much. God is so glad you're here. And he is having a party, I believe, not just every Sunday, but every day of the week, if there are days in the week in heaven. And he's loving that you're here and you're worshiping. But he's not, he's not done. He wants more. He, he wants more people. He wants your friends and family members who aren't here. There are people missing that are on his list, if you will. They're on his, on his mind and on his heart. And, and he wants to use you to be a part of the, the search party, if you will. And, and so some of us, like I said, are going to go in and be a part of that. But the, but the problem is if, if we start talking about the action, we're, we're missing what's inside. There's this, there's this internal thing. It's kind of like... It's kind of like the fruit and the, and the roots. We'll go straight to the fruit and forget about the roots. But today, I want to focus more on the roots. Because we'll only do the things that we really believe in. We'll only share about the things that we really believe in. So, so I, I, I can't stand here and, and give everybody ten Easter invite cards and say, okay, go invite people. If you don't really believe it, you won't do it. And so this is the big idea of today is that belief leads to action. Belief leads to action. Notice that it doesn't say information. We have so much information. We've never had more information. It's actually Amazing, you know, I'm, I'm sitting on watching a basketball game, and I can find out what the birthday is of every player. I can find out their, their mother's maiden name. I can know their height and their weight and probably their grades if they're really going to school or not. It's, it's fascinating. But this information doesn't change my behavior. We've never had more 
financial health information. We've never had more physical health information. We've never had more self-help books. But we, <laughs> we've never had so many broke and unhealthy people in history. It's not information that changes lives. It's, it's not information that changes our behavior. It's something that we believe. You might know that it's going to rain, but you don't believe it until you bring the umbrella, right? If you believe you're going to win, you're going to play harder, and, and, and you're going to play better. There's something about a belief. It, it's deeper than knowledge. It does something to you. So when I say, who are we missing, does that do something to you? Does it cause a feeling? Does it cause a reaction? Does it cause action? Because belief leads to action. So we have to first start with what do we believe? Do we believe anyone's missing? Or are we just cool with who's here? Do, do we believe any, anyone's missing? Or, or, or is this just kind of it? We just, kinda, we just ride the wave till, till we all go home. What do we believe? Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord. With all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In other words, believe in the Lord. Don't trust in what you think you know. Don't trust in information. Believe in God. I, I want to I propose two beliefs. Two beliefs that I believe. Two beliefs I believe that are in the Bible. And, and, and I want to use that to help us build a foundation from which I think we will be better poised to then go put into action this idea that someone is missing and, and, and we've been called to the search party and we need to be part of God's action to find people who don't know Jesus, find people who are missing and bring them to an opportunity to go from a blank question mark to a person that is here, that is saved and loved by Jesus, and they know it, and they live it, and now they're part of the search party too. The first belief I, that I, I want to pose to you is that everyone belongs to God. Everyone belongs to God. Do you believe that? Or do we just know it? Everyone belongs to God. There's not this idea that uh, when you know someone becomes a Christian, it's like it's like God meets them for the first time. Like, oh, hey, who are you again? Oh, you're new here. Okay, you know, I, I'm not quite familiar with who. No, He already knows them. He knows the number of hairs on their head, freckles on their face. He, he knows more than their birthday. God doesn't just have access to Google. God knit them together in their mother's womb. That's deep. It's intimate. It's it's belonging. You see, every, everyone already belongs to God. I believe if we believe this statement, it won't just change how we view people. It will change how we treat people. Imagine if you believe that the people behind you in line at Walmart belong to God. Uh, imagine if you believe the person that sits alone at lunch every single day at school belongs to God. Imagine if you think that the CEO or the supervisor or the secretary at work belongs to God. Imagine if you believe every one of your family members belongs to God. You're going to stop viewing them just as people. You're going to start viewing them as creations of God. People who already belong to God, they just don't really know it yet. They're not living it yet because it's not what they believe. So how would they live that out without someone pointing it out to them, without someone giving them an opportunity, without someone first believing it for themselves? Hey, you, you belong to God. 
well, wait a minute, let me, let me change my thoughts about you. Let, let, let me allow that belief to change my words to you. Let, let me allow that belief, not knowledge, but belief to change how I treat you. It, 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 it'll, it'll be amazing if, if you allow it. it. This isn't just something that I believe. It's in the Bible too. There's a few verses I want to share with you. First one, Psalm 24.1. It says that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Say everything. The world and all, say all, the, the world and all its people belong to him, Psalm 24.1. Everything belongs to God. It's already his. It's just that there's some people that are, that are missing from the picture. They're loved by God. When Jesus died on the cross, he, he, di he died for everyone, and he's, and he's waiting, John 3.16. You might know this one, for this is how God Loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone, say everyone. There it is again. Everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God so loved the world. Not God so loved just this section right here because they're really cool. Not, not just, uh, oh, you know, God just loved the zip code or this group of people. No, for God so loved the world. So if God so loved the world and everyone belongs to God, oh, this is a lot bigger than I thought. This isn't just a club. This isn't just a group. This isn't, this isn't a family that you can't join. This is, this, is, this is the church, and it's big. Right now, there are, there are millions and millions and millions of people gathered all around the world, worshiping and learning and reading from the Bible and all these different languages, and God in all his awesomeness is, is absorbing it all and is being pleased with it all. And yet he's seen millions and millions and millions of people who don't yet know him that are missing, and it hurts him, and he, and he wants them to. He wants them involved. 2 Peter 3.9 says, the Lord isn't really slow about his promise as some people think. No, he's patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. In other words, God isn't slow in keeping his promise and, you know, and coming and taking us to heaven and letting the good times start in eternity. No, he's, he's waiting because there's more people that are yet to be saved. There's more people who are missing that he doesn't want missing anymore. This, this idea in 2 Peter, it leads us to a second foundational belief that I, I think will change our actions and help us become part of this idea of who is missing. And that, that belief is the gospel is for everyone. The gospel is for everyone. If everyone belongs to God, then the gospel is for everyone. What is the gospel? The gospel is, is Jesus loves you even when you don't love yourself. The gospel is Jesus saves you because you can't save yourself. The gospel is Jesus forgives you even when you cross that line again and again. Jesus, the perfect life, took your place, died on the cross for our sins, raised to life on the third day. That, that's what the Easter celebration is all about. That's the gospel. It's good news. It's, it's, what, it's what they, the world, it's it's. it's it's what they can never offer us, and it's yet it's what we're, we all seek when we just, we seek the answer in different ways. But it's, it's the gospel, it's God alone who has the answer. This idea that the gospel is, is for everyone, it will, it will cause us to view and treat people differently as well. If the gospel is for everyone, then the, the gospel is for the, for the, for the parents uh, on, on the other side of the field that are cheering for, for the other kids' team. The gospel is, is for everyone at work. The gospel is for everyone in your family. The gospel is, is for everyone. It, 
it, it, it begins to cause us to look at people differently and, and want to see them part of God's family as well. But if we're not careful, we, we get caught into this small thinking that, well, we're already all here. All those people driving down 51st Avenue, they, you know, they, they don't want this. It's not for them. They've got other things to do. Maybe they've just never been invited. Maybe, maybe no, no one ever noticed them. Maybe they think they're too far gone. Or may, maybe somebody that knows Jesus that knows them think, man, they would, they would never come to church. The gospel is for everyone. You see, here at City View, we, we don't believe small. We believe God big because we have a big God. We, we want to reach this whole valley for Christ. We want to build a, a, a thriving church full of thriving lives, leaving legacies. And we think that God wants, God wants to save more than just a few. He wants to save everyone. He wants everyone to come into his family. You see, the gospel isn't for good people. We kind of we kind of trick ourselves into thinking that or the gospel is for everyone. It's just from a good God. If belief leads to action, and and a couple of our core beliefs is that everyone belongs to God and, and the gospel is for everyone, what, what does that look like? Well, let's go in our Bibles to Luke chapter 19, and we have a story here that that, that puts all, all this into a, a nice picture for us to look at and to learn from and hopefully be propelled from to, to go and be a part of what God is asking us to be a part of with him, to partner with him in the search party. Luke 19, it's a story of a small guy. He's short. Yes, we're making fun of him. We have been for thousands of years since he walked the face of this earth. His name is Zacchaeus. Some of you know him. If you, if you know Zacchaeus, raise your hand. Maybe you haven't met him personally, but, oh, you know him. Zacchaeus was a, was, a, was a wee little man, so the song goes. And he, he, he's a funny guy because he, he lived out his beliefs. Jesus also lived out his beliefs. And there's another group in the story, the crowd. Say the crowd. There's always the crowd. You know, the, it's the crowd that just disagrees with whatever Jesus does, and they're there, and they're part of this story too. And what we're going to do is we're going to use this as a kind of a case study, if you will, and we're going to watch what do the actions of each group say about what they believe. You can flip that too. What do they believe? We'll just look at their actions. And we're going to learn about how powerful our beliefs are. Because if you want to change your actions, you need to stop looking at the actions and really look at your heart and say, what do I truly believe? Okay, Luke 19, you guys there? You can check it out on, on the Bible app. It'll be up on the screens as well. Luke 19, 1 and 2. Let's, let's take a couple verses here and then talk about it. Jesus entered Jericho, made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. Push pause. First of all, Jericho, if you go back to the book of Joshua in the Old Testament, yes, that's the town that they marched around a whole bunch of times over the course of several days. The walls came crashing in. Of course, it's been rebuilt now, and, and now it is a, it is a major trade center. And, and if you have a, a major trade center, that's a lot of people, and it's a lot of exchanging money, and with a lot of people and a lot of money means lots of taxes. And if Zacchaeus wasn't just a tax collector but a chief tax collector, he had become very wealthy. Now, What's interesting about this is that Jesus is on his way. 
You know, so, so often, some of the things that Jesus does is when he's on his way to something else. He's on his way to Jerusalem. It's getting, it's getting toward the end of Luke, which means he's getting toward what he knows is, is, is going to, it's going to be really painful. It's the cross. It's execution. It's torture. It's being spit on. It's being beat up. It's being whipped. It's, and it's all these things for something that he didn't do. Because, see, Jesus was an innocent man. He was, he was faultless. He was sinless. And yet he came for this purpose to die and to raise again. That's the good news. That's the gospel. And he's, he's got this on his mind and his heart. He's on his way to Jerusalem. He's in Jericho, but he's not done yet. Jesus is never done. He's always on purpose. He's always on mission. And he's always looking for who is missing. Insert Zacchaeus. Now, imagine, imagine going to your tax person. Be them Mr. or Mrs. H&R Block, be them TurboTax, or, or a real-life person that you go to. And, and, and every time you see this proverbial person to do your taxes, their, their, their car gets a little fancier. Gosh, every year, got a new car again? Their, their clothes get more expensive. Their vacations get more audacious. And you start to put the pieces together. You're cheating me. No wonder my taxes are so exorbitant. You're, you're, you're going on vacation on my money. Probably take them off your Christmas card list. You, you probably don't invite them to the birthday parties anymore. You probably disengage with them. Imagine how the people viewed Zacchaeus. He's the guy that's fleecing the money, taking money off the top, getting a little richer and, and a little lonelier every single year. Zacchaeus of all people. But wait a minute. If Zacchaeus belongs to God, huh? if the gospel's for everyone, could it possibly be for him too? continue in verse 3. He, he tried, he, he, Zacchaeus, he tried to get a look at, G, at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he gave up and went home and continued his, his criminal ways, right? No. He ran. He ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. You see the action. You see the hunger. You see the, man, I, I don't, I'm not going to accept my, my, my physical stature as a limitation. I'm not going to accept that I can't see. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to do whatever it takes to see this Jesus because something is going on here and I need it. And so he runs and he climbs. And then when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. I love that invite yourself over culture. I'm all in. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people, say but the people. Ah, yes, always got to have the, 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 the people in the story. But the people were displeased. He's gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. I love it when they like talk among themselves and they whisper. And Jesus, with his supersonic ears, hears all. They grumble, it says. They grumble. Zacchaeus ran. Zacchaeus climbed. But the people, the crowd, the good people, they grumble. Meanwhile, the story continues. Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, 
I will give half of my wealth to the poor. Lord, if I've cheated people on their taxes, and everyone's like, if. I will give them back four times as much. So this four times as much was actually a customary amount for people that had cheated uh, financially, others. But, but the idea of giving half the money to the poor, wow, that was generous. It was over the top. It was action because there's belief going on in Zacchaeus' heart. So Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. Okay, so what did they believe? Well, just look at the action. What did Zacchaeus believe? Man, Zacchaeus believed that there was, initially there was something about Jesus. He didn't know much about Jesus. He didn't need to know because there was a belief already growing inside of him that caused him to run, caused him to climb. And, and then in his, in his encounter with Jesus caused him to be crazy, extravagantly generous and, and, and move forward from a life of selfishness and greed and move into something that he had no idea what it was going to look like. But you know what? He didn't care because there was a belief that was driving and that was leading him to action that was almost just crazy. And then you got the crowd. What did they believe? Zacchaeus doesn't belong to God. Gospel is not for Zacchaeus. Any awesome freebies that Jesus has to give out in this story, it's not for him. You know, you got people following Jesus just to see what he would do next, what he would give out next, who he would heal next. And this group's thinking, well, you could definitely cross Zacchaeus off the list because he's not worthy of anything Jesus would give. They had lost sight or never had it to begin with that the gospel is for everyone. They thought it was just for them, just for the good people. If you think Christianity is to teach people to be good and nice, you've missed it. Christianity is something for everyone because none of us are good. And nice never had anything to do with it. It's not even really in the Bible. The idea of Christianity is that we've all messed up. We've all fallen short. We all need a Savior. And we all belong to God. And we're all one surrender away from salvation. I don't care how good you are, what your resume looks like. Sin and grace are the great equalizers. We all stand in the same place. And we're all one step away from our world and our lives being changed by the goodness of God. Well, what did Jesus believe? Well, good old Jesus, he's always perfect. So he, uh, he stuck to his mission as he does every time. It's right there in verse 10. For the Son of Man, Son of Man, just, let's just call it his, one of his favorite nicknames to call himself. The Son of Man has come to seek and save the lost. So what was he doing? He was seeking and saving the lost. It could have been someone from the crowd maybe if they were running and they were climbing trees and, and, they, and, they, were, and they, were, they were hungry and they were believing and they were Expecting Jesus to do something great in their life. Instead, the, the crowd missed it. The crowd's too busy grumbling. The crowd's complaining. The crowd's looking for the free stuff. But Jesus came to seek and save the lost. You see how in this story it's so clear as to what each of these groups, each of these people believed based on their actions. So our, 
question for us is what do we believe? If we don't know, look at your actions. What do you believe? Well, what do you do? What do you talk about? What gets you excited? When was the last time you shared something about Jesus? I mean, inviting people to church is, is one thing. It's not the only thing. You, you can pray for people. You can talk about how Jesus has done something in your life, like he's one of your friends, because he is, or at least he wants to be. What do you believe? We all have Zacchaeuses in our lives. They can be really invisible. They can be really unlovable. They can be really annoying. They can be really a lot like us. <laughs> they can be people that we've written off, though, and we thought, there's no way. But God has never written anyone off because nobody is too far gone. What if we believed differently about them? What if we believe they belong to God already? We just don't know it. What if we believe the gospel is for them? Maybe we would say something. Maybe we would share something. Maybe we would pray something. Our, our family, we, we have lots of friends that don't know Jesus. Uh, one, of these, one of these friends that we've gotten to know over the years, their, their daughter was in um, our oldest daughter's first grade class. And, and this, this girl was missing for a few days from school, and we thought, that's strange, and she doesn't ever miss school. And we come to find out when she comes back to school that she, she told us that her dad had unexpectedly passed away. And, you know, at that point, we, we, we did what friends do. We went, we went by the house. We asked, how can we help? We, we, brought, we brought a Thanksgiving meal for them around Thanksgiving. We brought presents for the kids or Christmas. We, we just engaged and we, and we loved and we, and we talked and we, we shared about hope and we, we prayed for them. We, we did what friends do. We didn't let the idea that they, they have to be Muslim to keep us from loving them. We didn't let the idea, as if, as if we Googled their family and Google told us that, that the chances of this family coming to Christ is 0.5%. Oh, you know what? We'll just pull back from this one and go find someone else. No, because if everyone belongs to God, it counts for them too. If the gospel is for everyone, it counts for them too. So I, I, don't, I don't care about what knowledge I have about people because my belief is going to supersede my knowledge. I, I, don't, I don't care about how, how far someone might seem or, oh, man, that they would never come to church. Because the fact of the matter is that family came to church last year at City View when, when we were at the theater. And it blew my mind, but then it, God quickly reminded me that it shouldn't blow my mind because with God, all things are possible. Even when I think, man, there's no way, God's like, just let me loose. Ask, seek, knock, do something. And it starts with believing. It doesn't start with, with ten easy steps of, of how to share the gospel. Because if you don't believe the gospel, why would you ever share it? So start with the belief. Start with believing how much God loves you. Start with believing about, man, I'm so glad the gospel isn't just for good people because I'm not a good person. Imagine. Start with the freedom that that brings. Start with the inclusivity of 
I think that's a word, inclusivity of John 3.16, that that's for you too. And then just let your beliefs dictate your steps and see where God leads. You know, I, I think when we, when we stop believing in the excuses or the reasons why we don't share our faith, the reasons why we, why we don't invite, and, and we start believing in God, start believing in what his word tells us, then, then, then we will become more bold and more courageous what we've wanted to be with our faith, but we just couldn't. And we feel guilty. And we feel weird. And we feel ashamed. Or we, we feel confused. Start with our beliefs and see what comes out. So I believe, I believe over the next couple of weeks, God is going to give us all opportunities to share because that's what I'm going to be praying. And when we pray that, God delivers. And so I do want to give you a couple practical ways of how naturally to just talk and share hope and maybe insert a church invitation. Just go where God leads. And, and, and I'll tell you, you you'll be amazed at, at, at how God moves. So the first thing is simple. It's pray. Pray. Would you, would you pray this week to see, pray that God would give you opportunities to talk to people that don't know him. I think he will. Uh, and, and you know what? It, it's great to talk to God about people and then go and talk to people about God. Because it's going to be in your mind, it's going to be in your heart, it's going to be on your radar, so to speak. And then you're going to see it and then you're going to know those moments and, and it's going to happen. But go to God first. God would love to hear that, that you're ready and that you're in tune and that you're, you're, you're on board with this idea that there are people missing and you want to be a part of seeking them out because Jesus came to seek and save we don't have to save we just we just do some seeking some pointing out and then we just let Jesus do the changing Jesus does the transformation Jesus does the saving we got a sweet job we got an amazing role an amazing opportunity and it starts with prayer. Second thing is listen. I tell you, people will talk if you listen. A lot of times why people aren't talking is because nobody's listening. Nobody's pausing. We're all just saying, how are you? Why would, why would I say how I'm doing when, when nobody even stopped to listen? Stop, listen, eye contact, and Listen for what comes out because things are going to come out. And when you hear something, God's going to fuse it with like a story from his word. He's going he's to put it together with something he's done recently in your life. He's going to put it together with a verse maybe that you read that morning. And, and, and it's going to be amazing. You're going to be blown away at how God is moving because you prayed and then you listened and you heard from that person's heart the stories, the ups, the downs of life. And then you share hope. It's simple. Hey, can I, can I tell you about a time when I was going through that? Man, that happened to me last week, and can I tell you what happened? <laughs> can I tell you who got me out, who helped me? Yeah, I got, this, I got this, this group that I meet with on Sundays, and if it weren't for them, that, I'd still be really struggling with that. It's hard. This group helps me out. You want to come join me on Sunday? Or you want to come to my city group this week with me? Because... It's that group that's helping you through what you're going through right now. now. Can I pray for you? Just natural things. Why? Because you're listening, because you care, because you believe everyone belongs to God and the gospel is for everyone. 
the gospel's for you too. The gospel's for you too. You ever had to buy something back? You ever have to pay for something twice? I did. I paid a dollar to get that pillow back. And I paid 50 cents for this book. And I did it with joy. And I would do it again. Because this book belonged to me. Doesn't change the fact that I had to repurchase it. I had to buy it back. Everyone belongs to God. You belong to God. But it doesn't change the fact that God purchased you back. He redeemed you. He bought you with his blood as he died on the cross for your sins. And he raised to life on the third day. He loved you that much. And some of you today just need to hear that. Not just like, well, I'm in, yeah, my picture's on the wall. Man, he loved you so much that he paid for you again, even though you already belong to him. And let that encourage you today. Let that add some life back into your life. Let that, in, let that just bolster your faith and your belief and, and send you out to be a part of what God is doing in this world. For some of you in this room, you... You belong to God, but you're just now hearing about it for the first time. And I want to tell you that God wants to buy you back, and not just for 50 cents. It cost him his life. And he did it gladly. And he did it once, and he did it for all. And that purchase, that gift, that experience, that salvation as we call it, forgiveness of sins and and the peace and hope that doesn't make sense outside of Jesus, that's here for you today. It's here for you to receive, it's here for you to believe, and it's here for you to start sharing. Because God's got people in, in your life, Zacchaeuses, that need to know. Will you receive it? Will you believe it? Will you share it? It's up to you. But I, I believe your action that you want to see in your life is going to start with your belief. What do you believe today? And I want to give us all a chance to take a new step. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, thank you so much for being a God that is faithful, a God that gives us second and tenth and three hundred chances, God, to just know you and hear you and, and believe in you. God, I pray if there's anybody here in this room that needs to believe in you for the first time, that you would you would bring them that courage. You would help them take that step right now. If that's you, I just I ask you to just pray this prayer after me. God, I, I believe in you. I might not know a whole lot, but I know that I believe in you. I believe that you love me. I believe that you forgive me. And I, I want to I live for you. I want to give you my life. I want to figure out what that means one day at a time. I'm done being missing. I'm done being lost. I'm done being confused. I'm done wandering. I, and I, I want to belong. I want to believe, and I want to become calmer in you. Lord, thank you for, for what you're doing in our hearts. Send us out from this place to join you in what you're doing. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, check out our website at cityviewphx.com or download the CityU app on the App Store.